Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Morning, Charged Up Studio listeners, and welcome back to another episode where you get charged up for success. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. Um, today, we'll, we've got a very exciting podcast for you, a very interesting gentleman, Tim Nichols. <laughs> Imagine going around with the title 3 million percent tied to your name. That has a positive ring to it, doesn't it? Today's podcast features Tim Nichols, author, speaker, and relationship marketer with 3 million percent. That's the name of the company, guys. Tim is going to share with us his story about how he used strategic influence in a new town, knowing absolutely no one, and was able to grow his financial business 3 million percent in the first year, utilizing his previous career experience. So good morning, Tim. Good morning, Dana. Glad to have you. Uh, thank, thank you for having me on your show. Glad I could be here. No, definitely. So um, you're up. Let's hear your story. You know, I'd love to know more about how you grew your financial practice by 3 million percent. Well, I was a financial advisor for 17 years. And when I first started in the industry, it was right after the 2001 crash. And but the company I was working for, they had they had us knocking on 25 doors a day, and I had to do that in a suit. And in Texas, it gets very hot, so you could imagine the uh, I'm gonna say the determination I had to succeed to be able to go and do that. I, I was with that firm for about seven years, and then the 2008 and nine crash hit me, and so I ended up moving into a larger bank in the Dallas market. And they had a completely different model. But what I learned is that I needed to go independent. But to do that, I had to give up the big name banks and brokerage firms. I had to give up that credibility to do that. And I'll tell you, Dana, I was scared. I was scared to do that because there were so many unknowns. That right. was my first real experience. I mean, I, I had thought like an owner before, but I had always been under the credibility of, the, of someone else. But to go and do what I did was very entrepreneurial. So I had to learn how to run my own business on top of just being a financial advisor. Okay. Right. So that made it pretty tough. But what gave me the confidence to do that was I could pull from the experiences that, that I've had that, that brought me success before, and I could leave behind what those banks and brokerage firms were telling me to do that weren't so successful, but they were trying to hold me to, right? So I could be my own case in point. 
I could see if this was going to work. And so moved to this town to actually be closer to my children. And in doing that, it was a high net worth, high income, highly competitive community, which really that that brought up more obstacles. And so it it really supercharged me to really uh, dive in and get to work. But I will tell you, the first year was very difficult. It was very difficult because so many unexpected things. But I had a plan and that plan was to go in and join the local chamber of commerce and work at like a platform. A lot of people think that a chamber of commerce is there to help you grow. But really, when it comes down to it, they are a platform that offers events. And so I knew that going in, but I already had an idea of how to create strategic influence for myself and assume a thought leadership position within that chamber and turn on this referral magnet Mm -hmm. from within that platform. And that's what I did. So how I do that, I mean, then that's, that's how I was doing it was attending events and trying to volunteer on committees, volunteering for events. But I look up 12 months later and my assets under management were up by $3 million. I just had my head down working, but one of the tricks that I used to gain credibility because I was Nichols Wealth Management, who in that town cared about Nichols Wealth Management? Yeah. Right. They didn't care because they had the big name banks and brokerage firms that they would typically go to. So I started mentoring other businesses and I took a Zig Ziglar quote and I made a business model out of it. You can have everything you want in life if you will help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. And the one thing that I learned I could do is the faster that I could help them get what they want, uh, the faster I could get what I want. So like at networking events, I learned no one is there to buy anything. Everyone is there to sell something. Right. (laughs) So I thought, gosh, they don't want to have financial conversations. As soon as I mentioned, hey, Dana, how's your IRA doing? You know, where's your 401k? The wall just starts going up, right? And they just start putting up defensive measures. They start looking for other people that in the room that they want to talk to. And it was not me. So I circumvented that, that psychology and I started asking a lot of questions about them, but I developed this, this process of asking questions that was like me profiling them without having those direct conversations and with the direct questions about what they were doing. Uh, so I, I had this rhythm and flow and the sequence to my questions And I learned that the deeper I went, the more information they would offer. So the more vulnerable I became, the more vulnerable they became. And so if you notice, I guess in my my title, I also have, I'm uh, a teacher in the art, psychology, and strategies of influence. I've studied a lot on how to make people open up, you know, and, and really build trust in me quickly. And that's what I teach through my program as well. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that. First of all, the financial market is saturated. 
You know, it's really difficult, very competitive market. So being able to set yourself aside from the other uh, financial specialists out there is, is critical. And that's what you did. But what I love about what you said is how you utilize the chamber of commerce, because so many of us join chambers thinking that they're going to bring us business. And that's not the case. The chamber, like you said, is a platform there for you to meet and greet people. They're not going to do the selling for you. They're not going to put you on a platform that's going to uh, advertise what you do to all the other members because they've got, they've got hundreds of other members. And if they had to do right. that for everybody, you know, so this is a platform, like you said, and I've worked with a lot of chambers, either as a membership or coming to me uh, on the podcast, talking about how difficult it is to get members to realize the value the chamber can bring. So talk a little bit about the value that chambers brought to you. So it really kind of goes into my process. And really this process can be applied to a chamber of commerce, to a nonprofit, to we're in the C-suite network together. I am using all of these strategies on the C-suite network platform to do the exact same thing that I did in the Chamber of Commerce. So this applies across multiple platforms. But the one thing that you have to understand, not just you, Dana, but your listeners have to understand, this is not about you, right? You have to apply, you have to accept the mindset of that Ziegler quote, you can have everything you want in life if you will help enough other people get what they want. Like you said, the chamber is not there to bring you business. They are yeah. really more of an event planner. Yeah, right. No, and that's exactly it. When I when I understood what they really were, and a lot of chambers don't understand what they are. You right? know, and they all go through their ups and downs, and right, some of and, them are better and some of them are worse. But right. So the five key strategies that I learned, I, I boiled all this down into replicable strategies that your listeners could actually use right after the airing of this show. The challenge is it's a process. You have to learn how to get really good at it, but the, the, it's easy. It's easy to understand. So here's my five key process. Deepen relationships quickly. Elevate your profile in the community. Leverage networks. Build credibility and establish community. Those are the five strategies. There are tactics to each one of those strategies, but that's it. That's simply it. And so what I started doing, and I, I was actually doing this early on, I just didn't realize I was doing it, is I was mentoring other businesses how to do those strategies while I was doing those strategies. So what that did is I quit seeing people as a prospect. I started seeing them as a potential referral source. So I would go to chamber events and I would not have my eyes open and my ears tuned to things they were saying that would, I want to say. Open the door for sale. Right, right. So as a financial advisor, you're thinking, do they have money? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's like a primary question that comes up in the back of your mind all the time. So I changed that question is, how do I help you grow? We needed to find one thing in common. We need to find someone or same thing in common as fast as possible. But the go-to was we both needed to grow our business. Mm -hmm. 
When mm-hmm. everything else failed, if we didn't know anyone in common, if we didn't have anything in common, that was the one thing that we had in common as we both needed to grow our business. Right. So I started asking better questions that would mm-hmm. help me better understand how to help them grow, who to connect them to, or what questions I could ask to help them better define what it is they do. You know, exactly. And so, that kind of got into the the deepening relationships quickly part. And then I could help them elevate their profile. I could help them get to certain committees or engage them in events and things like that. I was the master inviter, as my wife puts it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so you invite them to all these things and plug those plug those people in. Right. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that we were doing. And so I was, I got to where I was mentoring about 20 businesses at a time and still trying to run my financial practice. Well, that got pretty hard. So after about, yeah. really after about three and a half, four years of, of me doing that, I mean, I was already growing significantly. So the first year I grew through a million percent, second year I grew by a hundred percent, but I had the city that I was in come to me and ask me to put my name in the hat to take over the city's retirement plan. Wow. And this is a suburb of Dallas, you know, so this was pretty big. And then I had a bank come to me and say, hey, can we partner with you where you take care of our customers? You know, wow. and so I was like, yes, all of this was the result of my process and this relationship building that right. I was doing. And right. so, you know, year three, I grew by 50 percent, year four, 25, year six and seven, year five, six and seven was around 20 uh, 12 and a half percent, but right. I sold my practice in April of 2019 because all of this that I was doing, all this mentoring was eating into demand. the financial side. Yeah. And so I had to sell my financial practice to be able to go full time into helping businesses do this. So I had created a peer advisory program where I was teaching my mentees how to mentor other businesses. And eventually I had to write curriculum for that. And so we started meeting in small groups of 10 or 15 and going through that curriculum to help them grow their own businesses faster. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And so do it, but you did that because you enjoyed the mentoring more than anything, right? Right. I enjoyed being a financial advisor too, but it really just kind of pushed me out. Here's the great part, Dana. Dana, With, uh, um, you know, in a mastermind concept, you you speak hard truth into one another, right? Right. We were doing that. We had that mindset in these peer advisory groups, but we were strictly discussing how the strategies apply to their business. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much where we were discussing I don't know, their sales, marketing, administration, operations, you know, we weren't, we didn't leave it open to a big hot seat type moment. We had a defined purpose in our meetings that this is how you apply the the deepen relationships quickly concept. Where are you struggling? And we would go around the room and talk about how they're applying that and help them implement. And we would uh, offer ideas, ask questions or make connections to help them do that faster. Right. That that was like that with all five of the key strategies. But then they would actually go, they would, the, the ones that had been with me the longest. So I've, I've been doing this for four years now. Uh, my leaders now have lines of leadership of leaders they've developed through the program that look to them for the influence. So 
at first I thought this was all referral generation. I thought that's what we did. Mm -hmm. But the more I looked at it, we grow influence. My leaders, they're the ones that came to me and said, hey, what are you going to do with Nichols Wealth Management? You need to consider making through a million percent global, national, if not global. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'll I'll give it that some thought. Well, Well, you're an influencer, in other words. Right. You are an influencer when it comes to this. So, right. and, and, you know, a lot of my listeners may not understand the difference between being an influencer and being influenced. Right. Okay. Can you talk to that a little bit? I can, I can, because in the build credibility strategy, I talk about connectors, transformers, and influencers. Okay, so connectors to me make one off connections. Okay, they're going to be the ones at your chamber of at your local chamber of commerce that say, oh, Dana, you need to know so and so because I think they need to be on your show or they need to be in Market Atomy, you know, and so those are the one off connections. But then as as they develop this, I'm going to say higher level of thinking about this. Mm And as they start to implement this process more, they begin to connect connectors. So if I saw someone who was just a, a fantastic connector and in and, and one, let's say, that was on a certain committee in a chamber or something like that, but I knew of someone who might be tied into uh, manufacturing or like the veterans community or something like that, and they were a connector over there, I would say, hey, you two should talk because you can cross-pollinate your markets together. Right. Okay. So if I'm connecting connectors, that makes me a transformer because I am transforming how they view their own business. Mm. And so that that is kind of a middle ground on the influencer scale, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Now, the influencer connects transformers. Mm. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Um, can you give a visual kind of like a, a, a better visual I context can. on it? I yeah. can. So what, what happened was uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Dallas Fort Worth market. Okay. Okay. So I knew who the the who I'm gonna call the transformers were in the different communities in the okay. in the suburbs, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I knew that uh, that Rockwall, where I'm located, had several transformers. I knew that the surrounding communities had their own versions of transformers. And I knew that like Garland, Texas had a rich chamber of commerce. I say rich because they were fully engaged. They really understood their place, you know, and they're helping one another, they're helping their businesses and all of that. So I started connecting those people so to, to one another. And we do that through our peer advisory program. Mm-hmm. And now what's happened is those those transformers that I connected have now become such a resource for their communities and who they know and how to connect people. They are now the influencers in their market Wow! because so many people come to them for answers. So I've got about in my 70 member peer advisory program, I've got about seven Influencers. influencers. Right. And, and those have been developed. They, they were actually new to their market, 
new to their role or new to their industry four years ago? They just knew how to connect people and, and, and eventually move up that ladder. Actually, they learned it through the, through the process. Yeah. They learned yeah. it through the throw million percent process. I've got a financial advisor in the community that I'm in where I did my three million percent story and all of that, all of that, right? He's not even what I call first generation to me. Mm-hmm. He didn't go through my coaching program or anything like that. He mm-hmm. is second generation to me and came through a real estate agent who runs our peer advisory groups in that area. Mm. So he is already up two and a half million in six months, and he's tracking to hit six million in 12 months. Wow. And I called him and I said, what are you doing differently than, than what we typically do? Because your results are fantastic. Uh-huh. He said, I do two things, chamber of commerce and three million percent. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, I use the three million percent strategies in the chamber of commerce, just like you did. Wow. But uh-huh. because of that uh, influencer concept that I just spoke to you about, what he did, I'd already built out the platform for this. What he did was he started attending the peer advisory groups of those in the, of our 3 million percenters in different communities. So he had a much larger footprint that was already pre-built and Mm. he gets referrals from probably three or four suburbs just from our 3 million percenters who are in those areas. Right. And they already, they have financial advisors and they're in their groups and things Mm -hmm. like that. I've got about out of 70, I've got about 10 in the program, but Mm -hmm. what they learn is they have to go engage with the leadership in those communities. So they might go to chamber of commerce events in someone else's community. Right. Right. But they already have these deep relationships with these influencers who are already there. So that influencer takes them into that platform and says, hey, have you met so-and-so? You know, and they just, they're getting more business than they could have imagined than I could have imagined because I didn't have that platform. Mm -hmm. I just had the local chamber of commerce. So now their multiplication rate, they're they're multiplying their growth rate on on their their lead flow because Mm -hmm. they're utilizing our platform in different communities. No, you know, I, I, I understand totally what you're talking about. You know, these are things that I've grown up with and and learned and, and, you know, and things like that, but getting uh, small and solo entrepreneurs to understand that it's not going to be handed to you. You've got to go out there. You've got to make yourself accessible. You've got to be, you know, vulnerable and authentic out there um, for anything to work, chambers, uh, associations that you're with, that it's not going to come rolling to your lap. Right. Okay. You've got to work it. And that's what you're talking about is the fact that, you know, um, I mean, I'm the type of person, this is what I do naturally. And um, there was one networking, <laughs> one networking group that I had gone to. And uh, it was a networking thing. It was about a year and a half ago, I guess. It was an event I was going to, something to do with um, medical tourism. Because at the time I was working between Brazil and, and here, 
And uh, we were talking about medical tourism possibly going into Brazil. And I said, okay, let me go and get some more information on this. And so I go and it was held at one of the hospitals and I go. And what I didn't know is the room had been changed. So I'm walking around in the hallways trying to figure out where is this meeting, you know, and things like that. And as I'm walking around, I see these other people who are walking around in the hallways and everything. And, um, and eventually we look at each other and says, are we looking for the same thing? <laughs> and we were. So we finally found out where it was and we go walking in the room and all of a sudden I got all these people coming up to me, Dana, where have you been? Because I had been away in at Brazil. These are people that I had relationships with that have helped me with my business. And they come up to me and they say, you know, where have you been? You know, and then later that, or the next morning, <laughs> I'm brushing my teeth <laughs> and I get this call and it's from one of the gentlemen that was walking around in the hallway while we were looking for the room. And he says, I needed to give you a call. We need to set up an appointment. I realized that when we walked into the room and you knew everybody, that this was somebody we needed to know. This is what you're talking about is these people that you make connections with are the ones that uh, are, are going to help you grow your business. Right. I actually found a, I'm going to call it a, a tactic as to how to, how to recreate what you just talked about mm -hmm. over and over again. Really? Okay. So I, um, and that's what a lot of my program is. So mm -hmm. it's a replicable process so that any business of any size can do it. I now have corporations calling me saying, Hey, can you write for us strategy as to what we need to do in our corporation? Right. To three million percent our business. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting to now see them looking at me like, okay, you already think differently, but let's talk about that replicable process. Given what you what just happened to you, let's say if it was a chamber event, right? Okay, because I'm just opening that up to different industries. Right. So what I started doing, and this is how I learned it, we had a happy hour that was mm -hmm. at five o'clock on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Okay, and at first I hated that happy hour. In fact, I boycotted it for a year because I felt like they didn't understand it because it was the same people that just wanted to show up and drink. Right. Nobody was there to do business. Right. And I eventually took responsibility and said, it's my fault that the people that I need to talk to are not here. Because you didn't invite them. I didn't invite them. And right. so I thought, OK, I'm taking this on myself. So this is 2018. So all of 2017, I kind of boycotted that whole happy hour deal. I was just frustrated. Right. And right. I was too far away from Dallas to go to some of the others. and so. I was just, I, I kind of sulked for a little bit and I thought I've got to have a change in my own mindset and heart set to go after and help these businesses who aren't going to this thing because they don't know anybody there. Yeah. And they've had similar experiences too. You know, they would go and see the same 10 people that just met there to drink. And right. so what I started doing is I started inviting the people that I needed to introduce to one another. Right. So if I had just met, let's say two or three businesses from the construction arena, 
Mm -hmm. And I needed to introduce them to some real estate agents that I had met or some mortgage lenders or some electricians or some, (laughs) you know, uh, Uh insurance agents, whatever. I started inviting everyone to meet at that event. So we went from 15 to 60 in 12 months. Wow. And I, I became the, the one that had brought all of those others in, but right. what I what is training them to do, those that I was bringing in, I was telling them to do the same thing that I was doing. So right. I was saying, "Hey, I need you to come meet this insurance agent here at the at this happy hour I'm going to." But here's what I need need you to do: if you want to grow your influence, I need you to invite two other businesses. Mm-hmm. And they were like. Okay, why? I'm like, well, do you want to grow? Right. If you want to grow and you want to create your own influence and you want to get referrals, you need to be doing this. Right. And Mm. so we began to move as a team. So really, that was a crucial part with 3 million percent and our peer advisory program, because those people who were coming to those events because of me ended up being 3 million percent. Right. Our peer advisory program. So in 2016, I had actually written a book in 2016 called Three Million Percent, Five Proven Keys to My Success with the Chamber of Commerce. And it was only like a 70 page book. My goal was to take some of the pressure off of me from having to mentor so many businesses. Get them to learn it through the book. Right. And here I was Mm -hmm. sitting on the Chamber Board of Directors. And we had an emotional leak where we were losing anywhere from five to 10 businesses per month. That's what's going on right now with a couple of the chambers here. I just heard this morning um, that uh, the Hispanic chamber that I'm a member of, which surprised the hell out of me, Mm -hmm. um, they went from 1,500 members down to 400 and something. Wow. And so they're letting they're letting some of their staff go, you know, or they're leaving or whatever. And I mean, granted, COVID had something to do with that. You know, people had to cut back on expenses and that type deal. But um, that's that's a huge drop. That's a huge drop from what they thought they. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, chambers are small businesses, too, a lot of times. And they need some help, too. Well, and really what it gets down to it, they're nonprofits that have to act as businesses. Well, nonprofits are businesses. Right, right. But I'm just yeah. saying that a lot of them have the, this mindset that we're just a nonprofit. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and so they don't see, hey, you've got to keep your job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, um, yeah. but here's the, here's the flip side of that coin. I've run into this in the Dallas market where all they talk about is money and how much money they make. They can make everything is designed to make them money. Right. And that's where people get infuriated and leave a chamber. Right. You know, because it's not about them anymore. It's not about, they don't help small businesses anymore. It's all about how, how much can, how much salary can a chamber executive get or, it's a pride thing with some of them, yeah. you know, and something like that. So what, what I do is what my program does mm-hmm. is it creates organic recruiting and retention and makes your membership, your mm-hmm. sales and marketing arm of your chamber 
or right. organization. So I'm in the process of trying to uh, help platforms, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, let's say we can actually do this within the C-suite network. If executive level membership started doing this and, and started saying, hey, well, I want to I want to learn how to grow my business better through a platform like that. Well, mm-hmm. I have the way. It's a replicable process. I've had 170 businesses go through my program. Some mm-hmm. of them have been become so successful that they've gone independent and right. left whatever big brand they were working for. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is crazy, Dana. I had one of my leaders has such a following now. She left the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, that was her growth rate. And so she actually yeah. put, she hosts her own community events. Uh-huh. It's amazing. And yeah. I, I was like, first I was like, well, how can you do this without the chamber? You need those, those highly influential people. You need the companies. Maybe you need the, the influence that comes from the existing members who are like the CEOs and city council and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. She's already done that through me. She's wow. already done that through our program. She's mm-hmm. got those relationships in place. And she's like, you know what? I have now a following from my 3 million percent peer advisory groups. And she's like, right. I think I'll just start working with them. Right. And so they wow. act as their own, their own resource for one another. And so they're right. going out and doing events that no one else is doing. And so they're having like a, um, and the volunteerism, all of them have been trained in the same way. So they all have been trained to go and engage the community and volunteer. So they move and act as a team. Mm -hmm. And so she's got like 20 volunteers running these programs for her and they all get their influence by bringing people into the program as well as running the events. So yeah. she's helping them continue what we what we've been doing, but and that's not a that's not anything against any chamber at all. Right. It's right. just saying that that's what kind of influence this grows. She's been with me for over three years, right? And she was a relative newbie to real estate three yeah. four years ago, right? Right. And so now she's a market influencer. And so that's kind of what our program does. I really got to see what it meant from the result side of things mm-hmm. in the 2019. I used to offer this. Actually, I still can for any of your chambers that are interested. Mm-hmm. I still can offer this through chambers of commerce. Uh, we've got some Dallas chambers still kind of looking at it. But what what happened in the 2019 chamber banquet, we had 700 members. We had 30 award nominees, okay? Mm -hmm. Of those 30, 10 of those came through the 3 million percent program. To me, that was significant. A lot of them were new to town, new to their role, or new Mm -hmm. to their business. Wow. And within one year, we're already getting awards within a pretty big chamber of commerce. No, definitely. We've We've got one chamber, one large chamber here that I'm not a member of because I feel as though they're um, like you said, they're all about the dollars, you know, they've got the big corporate accounts that are there that part of that chamber and the pricing of the membership is, is focused on those larger accounts. So a lot of your smaller 
micro and solo entrepreneurs, what they're doing is they're joining the the community chambers. You know, they may join two or three of them uh, and it's still cheaper than getting into this one big one, which is a seven county one, I think it is. Here in Dallas, they call that a regional chamber. Uh, It is is a regional chamber, yes. And it's more corporate type businesses. Um, I I actually have some some former clients of mine that are in that chamber, but I've never even breached it because those weren't my people. Hmm, I wasn't after the corporate yeah, yeah, business, right? exactly. And that's the way I am. I'm, I'm after solo micro entrepreneurs and they're not there in this right. regional chamber. What's exciting though, is when you can take a, a I want to say a structured format, like what we've built in the, in the 3 million mm-hmm. percent peer advisory groups, you can actually replicate that and it grows so organically. So ideally it would be where, let's say, I'm just using you as an example, where you lead a group of 10 or 15 businesses, which you already do anyway. But Mm -hmm. what we're doing is we replicate that leadership in other businesses that they want to go out and lead groups. So I have a group certificate, a group leader certification program. Mm -hmm. And so they go out and they start inviting people into their peer advisor group. All of this is a mentorship play. Right. Okay. But you can't go to another business like at a chamber meeting and say, Hey, can I mentor you? (laughs) Yeah. No. No. (laughs) Who are you to mentor me? Right. And so what happens is, is they invite them into their peer advisory group. Ah, okay. Okay. And then that person comes in. I mean, I've got bank vice presidents in my program and, you know, CPAs and attorneys and all these different types of businesses. I've even had dentists and I've got an orthopedic surgeon who's still a member. Wow. And so they even had a medical professional group at one point. And so that was, I learned a lot from them. They say, they were telling me in the medical profession, so much trust has has been broken. Right. Between professionals, they don't trust anyone else in the medical profession. Mm -hmm. And it could be conflicting um, recommendations on medications or uh, physical therapy or anything like that, you know. And I had no idea that existed until they had their group. And they said, these are the only people that I trust because now I know where they come from. I know why they would make the recommendations that they would make. And mm-hmm. so they are very close referral partners. Right, right, exactly. You know? And so, but going back to what I was saying is these people who have been in the program, let's say they're new, they come in to the person that invited them and say, okay, what next? What do I do now? Right. Who do I talk to now? How do we do this? What does this look like? And so they start to ask questions to the person that invited them in. Well, over time, Mm-hmm. You know, it just multiplies that same concept multiplies as that new person then learns the process and they go invite others into the program. Right. But imagine doing this in a chamber of commerce where you've already got somewhat of an established credibility, just the fact that it's a chamber. Right. Mm-hmm. And where I, where I got frustrated, then so I started doing this with the chamber was I felt like even in the networking groups, I had, I had high access relationships. Mm -hmm. 
executives from hospitals, banks, Mm -hmm. um, city council people, county commissioners, um, you know, those were my clients even. I'd go to a networking group and they would say, well, yeah, I need to, I want all these, I'm going to say referrals from me, but Mm -hmm. they didn't, they weren't giving me any referrals because they didn't have financial conversations with people. Right. Right. You know, and I'm like, I'm not giving you anything until we have a reason to, unless unless one of my people says they have a need, I'm not just going to give you a name. (laughs) Well, and that's why certain organizations like BNI, Okay, mm-hmm. I can I kind of steer away from them because it's all about the referrals for them. Yeah. And I don't refer anybody unless I know them enough to where I feel comfortable referring them because I don't want it coming back on me. That's right. Um, and That's so, right. yeah. So I kind of now some of the BNI groups have changed a little bit. A lot of that was designed around you giving a 30 second sales pitch. Right. And I tell my people, you can't, that's a sales pitch. That's that's exactly it. Yeah, you're you giving them a cold. <laughs> yeah, you're giving them a cold sales. No, nope, you can't learn enough. So we're coming up on the end of our our podcast today. And Tim, do you have any last minute advice you want to leave with our audience? You have any uh, giveaways or anything like that? Programs you want to introduce? I do. I have a, an online course called Get Leads Fast. Mm-hmm. And it's how to implement the 3 million percent process on social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's, uh, I, know, I know several digital marketers, but right. this is just a different, actually, it has nothing to do with digital marketing or social media marketing or anything like that. It's Uh just how you approach your relationship marketing strategy in social media platforms like Facebook or LinkedIn. Okay. Not so much on Instagram or something like that, but what I'll do is I will give a 50% discount on that and uh, for your audience and uh, let them decide if that's something that would be beneficial to them. Okay. No, that's great. Um, and you just need to email me the information, the link and all this other stuff so that I can go ahead and put it into the transcript of this. Okay. Um, so once again, how can they get a hold of you? They can reach me at Tim at number three, like three and a million percent spelled out.com. We can make sure that we've got that in any links that you provide. Very good. Very good. And once again, this marks the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio, where small business entrepreneurs get charged up for success. So please don't forget to leave a review on whichever platform you're hearing us on or go to our Facebook page, Charged Up Studio, to leave a review there. For more information on Marketatomy, go to marketatomy.com or marketatomy.academy, which is our e-learning platform. Once again, thank you, Tim, for joining us today. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you for having me. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.